if you have a look at the thoracic spine, that's our middle back. You've got the neck and you've got the lumbar and the neck has the head to move. And then the lumbar has the hips, which helps movement. But the thoracic spine, it's like it's landlocked. And so it has, it doesn't get a lot of movement. And also we can't see it. And it's very hard to touch unless you're this full on yogi, you can't touch it. You are entering the Age Rebels Revolution. The intelligent podcast for over 40s who want to live their best life and defy your numbers. We are your hosts, Summer Bentley and Isaac Xavier. Come on in. Today we are launching the Body Part Series where we talk about common pain points in areas of the body, the causes and prevention to help you live the life of an age rebel and live your best life after 40. To do this successfully, you must focus on your health and most importantly, correct movement and posture. Today, I will be picking Isaac's brain. He is a genius when it comes to the human body, when it also is involved with movement and posture. So let's jump in. It was at my request that we were doing the body part series and today we're going to be talking about the neck. I see many sports on TV such as rugby or boxing or MMA, which I recently watched a documentary on, wrestling and the likes. And sometimes it honestly makes me feel sick at how the participant's neck will take an absolute beating in amongst the sport that they're playing, especially when they land on their head and things. I literally, I feel sick in the stomach. It's especially alarming to me due to the fact that I watched my father break his neck and live his life as a quadriplegic and due to my recent diagnosis of four out of six vertebrae in my neck with prolapse discs, which caused me so much pain, I could not even co-host the podcast most recently. So Isaac, this is where you are an absolute genius and it's all about you in this. Can you share with us the most common causes of chronic neck pain and what we need to do right now to prevent the worst case scenario? Well, the, the whole neck thing, I for many years would wake up like at a, and I feel like I had a golf ball in my neck. The pain was horrendous. Blown two discs, one in 1994 and another one in uh, 2013. So yeah, neck pain. And what I found the most important thing is all about upper trapezius tension and our head posture. They're the two that, that were game changers. When I went to find out about neurophysics therapy, Ken Ware's genius what what he taught me as soon as I got my upper traps, the muscles between that you'll see them, they go between our neck and our shoulders. Good to actually Google and have a look because it's important to know what the where these muscles are and how to soften them. And with all of the weight training and everything, everything was very tense in that upper trapezius area. And so he taught me to soften it. And that was an absolute game changer in, in being able to no longer have this incredible tension in the neck. And I'll explain just a couple of things about the upper trapezius muscles. It's really, really important. So you're able to soften them and know why. So the upper traps, if, if you shrug your shoulders up, that's the upper traps that are doing that. And you'll notice the shoulders don't only shrug up, but they shrug forward and protect a very, very vulnerable part of our neck. And so I call them the bodyguard muscle. And what it does is that whenever we're under any sort of threat, 
we will start to shrug our shoulders up. And it's a very powerful reflex. It's also, you find even a little kid, if they shrug their shoulders up and say, hold it there, it's almost impossible to push them down. They're very, very powerful. And that with the sternocleidomastoid, which is that that ne- the muscle that goes down the side of your neck. So both of those help with looking for danger and then shrug up to protect it. So What's most important is your head position. Now, a lot of us now are spending so much time at our desks and I see an incredible amount of forward head posture. Well, I can say that all of the people that I've come across haven't traveled the whole world, but 95% of people have a forward head posture of at least a couple of centimeters. You see some people are even worse. And so being able to have a plumb line, if you're looking from the side where it's ear, shoulder, hip, knee, ankle, or if you're sitting It's just ear to shoulder to hip and being really, really mindful of keeping your head back and your chin slightly down. And it's good to actually have someone, you know, you can check, have each other's back and and check each other on this. So that to avoid, if you find you're getting neck pain, it's a, a signal from your brain saying, okay, something's not right. I need you to change it before it becomes a real problem. And many people like yourself, Tink, and like myself, who you have a look at your MRI and there's a lot of wear and tear and damage because we didn't know what we didn't know for all these formative years and the weight training and martial arts and all that sort of thing. So now, especially people who are younger, like if you're, you know, people over 40 listening to this, but to talk to their kids, really talk to them about their posture and their head position, especially with phones, that every 10 degrees of head tilt is another, like the head weighs four to five kilos, depending on how big you are. That's another five kilos of weight on the neck. And there's so much important structures in our neck, like, and right up at the top where the brainstem is and the cerebellum and all of these things that help us with our balance and how we feel. So that's the first thing to be really aware of keeping your upper trapezius muscles soft. And you do that by gently pulling your shoulder blades back and down, unless you have another anomaly where you see some people have very like dropped shoulders, then you need to talk to your health professional about what you need to do. That's different. You don't want to be pulling your shoulder blades back and down more. So that's number one. If you really love this podcast, go ahead and leave us a really positive review. We get so much feedback every week about how much people love the episodes. So if you love it too, please go ahead and give us a review. The other thing is sleeping. Make sure you invest in a really good mattress and a decent pillow. And it's an easy, if you go to a good bed store, what they'll do is they'll set you up and you can see whether or not your spine has, is in a straight line. So if you find that your hips are dropped or your shoulders are dropped too much or your head's up too much and there's kinks in your spine, then you've got to get different setup. So it's either softer, harder and experiment with pillows. And a lot of good companies now will actually let you test out beds as long as you have the right mattress covers and things like that. And so you can check whether they're okay. And um, if you've got a partner, you can get a, um, a texter, make sure it's one of these whiteboard, not the permanent marker. And you draw a line right from the base of your spine, right up to the where it joins up into your um, head and lie down and see if there's any kinks in it. So it's a really simple test to then see whether your sleeping is going to be 
helpful or detrimental to your spine health. Oh, I like that test. That's really, yeah. like you really, can't deny that because yeah. it's visual. You can see it straight yeah. away. And also because men are heavier and so sometimes you need to get, uh, if your partner male, female, the female's much smaller and lighter that you need to get sometimes a bed custom made. So it's more supportive on his side and less supportive on her side. Mm. So that's a good thing to do. I have a question about yeah. your first one though. Mm-hmm. And that is re- in reference to when I was PTing, a lot of people just did not have the mind body connection to be able to draw their shoulders back and down. Mm. They thought they were doing it. Yeah. And there was nothing happening. What is your advice around that? Well, first thing to understand why it happens, it happens because if you have a look at the thoracic spine, that's our middle back. You've got the neck and you've got the lumbar and the neck has the head to move. And then the lumbar has the hips, which helps movement. But the thoracic spine, it's like it's landlocked. And so it has, it doesn't get a lot of movement. And also we can't see it. And it's very hard to touch unless you're this full on yogi, you can't touch it. That's so true. So what, what you don't give attention to, then you neglect. And a lot of people are very numb in that area. So that's why, and I've seen people like that who, especially if people have been through a lot of trauma and they're very rounded in shoulders and very tight chest muscles because they're in this protection mode. And there's almost like there's a, a shell has been created around their back. And so what I, get people to do is like as another PT is so I get you tap on that area. Say to the, I say, I'm going to really tap on that area and I might scratch the skin where people are like, oh, I can feel it now. And then I'll glide their shoulder blades back for them and then get them to close their eyes and say, embed that. And just, so it can take a little while for that neural pathway to start to open back up again. But what it's about is just getting awareness, like get a, um, one of the scrubbing brushes, you know, with a handle on it and start to scrub the skin when you're in the shower. Start oh, to- Oh, what a great idea. Start yeah. to, uh, to enliven. And that's why all of us, if someone comes up behind you and starts to massage your upper back and your shoulders, rarely does a person go, oh, get off. You know, it's like, oh God, that feels so good oh, because it's yes. so neglected. Yes. So that's one of the reasons why it becomes numb because we can't see it and it's really hard to touch. That's I have never thought of it like that. And I'm having a, a bit of a light bulb moment at the moment with what you're saying because, Mm. yeah, I don't ever see it. It's the only area of my body I'm unable to really fully touch or Mm. rub out any discomfort or pain, but it is the one area outside of my neck where I get the most discomfort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So stimulate the area like scrub it. Wake it up. Get massages, you know. Yeah. And also doing very gentle arches over a foam roller. Oh, that's what I do do. Yeah. yeah. So just be, but if you find some people, it's like, oh my, it takes my breath away. Just back it off a little bit. It'll, you'll eventually, it'll soften, but this is one, go gentle. And I remember this one shiatsu therapist and she said, I see this more, a lot more so in women because they just guard their front area and they just develop like a sh- this, sh- as I spoke of this shell. So you can't just crack the shell with a hammer. You've got to do it slowly over time, but also know that you've gone into this protective mode due to what has occurred in the past. So it's important not just to try and crack that shell, but find out why you are in this overprotective posture. Because often in the past, I would just just work on the physical with people and say, come on, let's just get that moving. And they'd come in and bounce back the next day. So then I encourage people to say, okay, so 
it's not my job to talk to you about your trauma, but I'd really like you to address this because until your brain and your emotions feel okay for you to stand up tall and not feel uncomfortable, you're always going to have that rounded posture. So to talk to whoever. Yeah, and the long-term effect of that Mm. is serious neck pain that we've both experienced, and that's debilitating. I mean, all pain is debilitating, but... But I'm glad you brought that up because often the neck pain also comes from the neck has to do too much because when we turn our head, that there should be this nice rotation all the way down our middle back as well. But if your thoracic vertebrae are locked up where they all move as almost like one piece instead of individual pieces, then there's all this pressure on the neck, especially you see a lot of people where that last vertebrae, they have this big humpy lump at the back where a lot of muscles join to. And so that takes all the pressure because the the thoracic spine is locked up. And then when you turn your head, the cervical vertebrae have got to do too much, especially that those last two have to do too much and they get all worn out. Oh, this is so brilliant. So I did interrupt Mm. you. You you did the the first one, which was retracting the shoulder blades. Yes. Uh, What was the second one again? Uh, So just be really aware of your upper trapezius muscles. Okay, relaxing the trapezius. And is there more, more steps? Yes. And the other thing is being aware of if you're mouth breathing. So to breathe out your mouth is okay, but you don't want to breathe in your mouth. So always nose breathing because as soon as you start to mouth breathe, you will, it'll be a more shallow breath. And you naturally, what they've shown is that people will poke their head forward when they mouth breathe. I'm just thinking about it now, even thinking about the action of that. I'm, my head is moving forward. Mm. Try, try that if you're listening, test it out. Like a guppy. <laughs> so if a person, if you are talking a lot, so someone who's a public speaker, or if you, you are talking a lot, or if you're just a chatty pants, know that you're always going to be mouth breathing when you talk a lot. So to make sure that you're very wary, aware of nose breathing outside of that. And the other thing is when you're sleeping, to know whether or not you mouth breathe. If you sleep by yourself, it's good to have, there's a snore app that'll record you. It's the most wonderful thing you ever want to hear, yourself snoring the next day. <laughs> It's no denying, is there? (laughs) But also to see if you mouth breathe. And with your children, one thing that with, there's this wonderful book called Shut Your Mouth and Save Your Life. And it's written by by, by this, uh, I forgot his name, but great book. He went and studied all of the North American Indians back in the late 1800s and found that they all had these incredibly beautiful um, white teeth and structured jaws and what they found was they all nose breathed and little kids, when as part of our natural growing up, we get colds and flus and things and just boosting our immunity and kids then stop nose breathing. So the parents need to be aware, we need to get my child nose breathing again because then their mouth breathes and they, the simple act, he watched them, the, the mother would go over and just close the child's lips until they started to breathe through their nose. Of course, don't do it till they go blue, but um, (laughs) within reason. But yeah, so then the body would go, okay, I've got a nose breathe. You know. Yeah, I'm just thinking about babies and they just naturally do that. Like they're in those little um, walker things on the mum's chest and their mouth is completely covered and they're just breathing very effortlessly in Mm. and out of their nose naturally. Yeah, and we're meant to, I won't go into great detail now, but we're meant to breathe in our nose a mouth is really only for emergency breathing. 
So we've got all the filters in our nose and also there's nitric oxide in our sinuses that help dilate our lungs and blood vessels. So definitely if you want it, there's a fantastic book called Breathe by James Nestor that pretty much sums everything brilliant. And the another one, Oxygen Advantage, that's a great book too about breathing. You want to know more about it? It's um, good information. If you're ready to age young, discover the truth about accessing the fountain of youth and claiming your best ever health, check out our beautiful website at agerebels.com.au where you will find freebies, programs and more. Now, the thing about sleep, snoring, if you snore, there's a lot of tension in your neck you'll find in in your neck and you won't be recovering. And so you'll be fatigued the next day and you'll be more inclined to have that forward head posture. Also, nocturnal bruxing. Do you know what that is? I have absolutely no idea. (laughs) Sounds a bit dodgy, doesn't it? It does. Sounds like you made it up. (laughs) No, um, it's just the, the dental term for teeth grinding, when you grind teeth at night. So if you're grinding your teeth at night, that has a super, it was one of the reasons why I have had the um, issues with my neck because I ground my teeth down almost to half by the time I was in my mid-20s just from grinding my teeth for various reasons. So have worn a mouth guard ever since and had all my teeth built up. But that's really important. So talk to your dentist if you are grinding to address that. There'll be many different causes. but. If you even do it now, if you clench your teeth together and feel all around your yes. neck, all it's of these nice. muscles, no, all these muscles come on. And it's very much about the two main things. It's, it's about grit and determination. So if you're very driven, also if you're stressed, it'll be worry. And the other thing is if you're storing a lot of anger because when you put your teeth down, so these things, the bruxing, the night grinding is a symptom, but definitely you want to look into it and that's all. Yeah, whole another podcast about. Yeah, that's really, <clears throat> really interesting because most people would think of neck pain or neck injury and they're not thinking about s- sleep at all. Yeah. But what you're just saying, what's really interesting is my injury, I woke up with it. Yep. It's not like I was doing something, mm-hmm. lifting heavy weights. I woke up with it one day and yep. it just plagued me yeah. for a really long time. Then it would go away. Then I'd wake up with it again randomly. So yeah. there is something going on in the sleep period or in, in that rest period. Often people say, oh, I slept funny. Yes. That's why I've got a sore neck. It's like, you didn't sleep funny. It's either the breathing, the, you're tensing, you're grinding your teeth or not, or just clenching your teeth together. But it's your brain is just saying, I need you to address something because something is a pain in your neck someone or something is being a pain in your neck and knowing how important that real estate is, you know, your neck feeds, you know, it's that conduit between our body and our brain. It's so important. It's, it's so vital. You keep this area healthy. Now, the other thing, so that all about sleep and breathing, that's so, so important because you can even do it where you can take five breaths in and out your mouth and notice it'll be shallow. It won't be diaphragmatic breathing and knowing that our heart is attached to our diaphragm through fascia. So you're going to get that rigidity and, and shortness when you breathe deeply, then the heart gets a nice massage as well. So super important about your breathing. Now with regard to training, now this is a controversial one because people are just like, I've got to do my shrugs, mate. And I see people doing 
you know, where they shrug, they have massively heavy weights in their hands and start shrugging. Now, every time you're doing that, you're causing a lot of compression because every time you shrug your shoulders up, and especially if you're hanging on to heavy weights, you're going to get a lot of compression in your cervical discs. So a little bit is okay and they bounce back. But if you're doing a lot and Ken Ware, actually, when I was doing my neurophysics study, he did a study where they tested a person, a group of people with their heart rate variability. Just briefly, heart rate variability is a measure of your autonomic nervous system. The higher it is, the more relaxed and more calm and better state your nervous system's in. And the lower your heart rate variability means you're more in a stress state, fight or flight. And they found it took 24 hours, some people 48 hours for their heart rate variability to come back to normal after three sets of 10 shrugs. Really? Yes. Because those shrugs put shivers down my spine because I yeah. just look at them and I go, there's nothing good about that and Mm-mm. curtsy lunges. I yeah. hate them. <laughs> yeah, and I, I go to Pilates and they yeah. keep doing them. <laughs> and I'm like, stop it. Yes. yes. So yes. And so I say to people when I present them with something that they might seem controversial, I say, don't believe a word I'm saying. I'd like you to have the experience. So when you go in, so grab your weights, do, do your shrugs. Now do them how you normally do it. And most people do it in a very aggressive way, gritting their teeth, doing the pain face. And I say, if you video yourself, that looks like you're under a massive threat. So every time you do that, your brain is going to say, okay, that was really dangerous. So it actually makes you weaker. So doing shrugs, there's nothing good about it. Doing, if you have, you've been taught by your physio and that sort of, I'm not talking about, we do very light shrugs. If you've got that area you need to strengthen, that's fine. But to keep the upper traps out of any exercise, especially when you're doing shoulder presses, any lat pull down, anything above your head, any rowing action and well, actually anything with your upper body, keep your upper trap soft. And if you don't believe me, try it and watch the change in your life, the stress levels. I've had people that they had horrendous anxiety. Anxiety's gone once the upper traps start to settle down. Because you think about it, they're always on. They're sending a signal to our threat detection center in our brain going, we're under threat. So when you calm all of that down, it changes how your perception of life is outside of the gym as well. It's so true because when I've trained with you and left the gym, you walk out peaceful and calm as opposed to when you go in, I've got to get it done, got to get it done, mm. and you walk out quite ramped, which is not good for you because it means your your nervous system is yeah. ramped up and that is what does cause burnout and various things. Yeah. It might feel good in the moment because you're running on adrenaline, but for me, I if I'm like that, I will crash bad in the afternoon and I yeah. lose all productivity. Doing the training that you do, mm. I feel like I walk out peaceful and it's not – the absence of effort either because mm. the next 48 hours I certainly feel the work, mm-hmm. but I don't walk out feeling like I've had a stressful experience. Yeah, you don't want to walk out depleted. And yeah. when and the initial, what I take people through initially where I get them to do five seconds 
concentric, five seconds eccentric. It's one of the neurophysics principles. But then we'll do fast, we'll do ballistic stuff, but it's done once we've settled the nervous system and taken all the dysfunctional movements out. So then you become, it is like a superpower. It really is. And you know what? It's not as easy as it sounds. So what I want to encourage everybody to do is check out our website, agerebels.com.au. We have an online program where you get to work one-on-one with Isaac and he will teach you online over Zoom, how to activate. He, trust me, he does this with clients all the time. You think, no, how's that going to work online? Trust me, he can do this and does it very, very well and has changed people's lives working with them all over the world. So jump on our website. If you'd like to book in a connection call with Isaac Mm. to see if it's a good fit for you and will be exactly what you need in your life right now to get energy back, reduce pain and defy your numbers, this program is for you. That was so insightful, Isaac, and mm. I cannot wait for the next body part. <laughs> well, actually, I want to give, I want to leave with this one really cool study just so those people yeah. are still doubting. It's like, I want my massive traps because I'm a crossfitter <laughs> and I've got to have your massive traps. <laughs> and my oversized thorns. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there was a study done by a couple of um, Canadian professors and they got the Olympic downhill skiers, group of Canadian Olympic downhill skiers. And they said, okay, we want to test to see whether or not emotional regulation has an effect on their world ranking. And no surprises that they found that those who had are able to regulate their emotions, stay more calm, had a higher world ranking. It's like, yeah, no surprises there. That's good. But what they found was the way they tested it was they put electromyelographs, which tests your muscle tension on the the muscles on your forehead and your stomach and your upper traps and heart rate variability and breathing and all that sort of stuff. And what they found the most profound thing was the more upper trapezius tension a person had, the lower their world ranking. Mm. So those who had the most relaxed and soft upper traps. So you can imagine you're heading downhill 120 Ks an hour and all of a sudden you catch an edge, those who are able to just go, okay, calm, just bring it back. And so, because their upper traps are immediately going to shrug up in that Mm. situation. So they're the ones that already had regulated all that, upper traps didn't move. They're the ones who had a high world ranking. And so they were able to just flow back out of that little blip and get back on path. Yeah, so that's That's incredible. Relevant to us non-downhill Olympic skiers, which most of us, that has relevance to our life. So you can imagine when you're out and about doing things, instead of overreacting to a load, a stimulus, a stress, you're able to be zen and go, yeah, I've got that. Then you're going to age in a way the way your body doesn't fall apart. Love it. Thank you so much, Isaac. And we'll be back with part two of the body part series and we will reveal which body part then. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Nice one. If you love this podcast, give us five stars and we'll love you right back. Thanks for joining this podcast. Want to take the conversation further and learn more about how to live an energised and pain-free life as you age? Then jump into our website at agerebels.com.au. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Age Rebels Revolution. Mm -hmm.